Hi, I'm Corinne Nolan and I'm here with my co-host Tiffany Burke and this is our podcast, Becoming Boss Babes. Today we're chatting to the ultimate boss babe, Tracy Mallett. Tracy really is one of the biggest leading experts in the fitness field. Not only is she a best-selling author, she's also appeared as an expert on numerous TV shows and she's the creator of the hugely popular booty bar and be barless. And those are just a few of the attributes to Tracy's name. Hi Tracy. Hello. It's so good to have you here. In our ve- you're our very first person that we're interviewing for our podcast, so we're super excited that it's you. Well, I'm very, I'm super honoured. Thank you. With you two of the most boss babes on Instagram. And like Aww. I said, I feel like I already know you and I, we haven't physically ever met. Hopefully we'll get to meet very soon in the future. I sincerely hope that. But uh, yeah, I feel like I, I already too. know you anyway. So thank you for inviting I know, me. I know. I feel like I isn't know you it too. Funny how we isn't it funny that connection that people build over Instagram over social media without having met each other? How long have you How long have you done social media for? You know, I think like social media really is a platform. I feel in my career has been a platform to really express who I am, because I think a lot of time we judge people at face value, what they look like. We all look maybe cute in a photograph, but it might have been touched, airbrushed many years ago. And people presume that you are something. And sometimes you're obviously not that person that they presume. So it's like, really, it's a, a place to be who you are and to express your values, to express, you know, your inspiration, to express what you really want to convey to your audience. And that's the positive about social media. And I I started social media probably, God, that's a hard question to ask, but um, I don't actually really know. I know I started with Facebook, of course, like everybody, you know, remember Facebook was like, well, we all know what Facebook is now and it's kind of come back a little bit. Obviously, I think when Instagram and Facebook integrated together, I think Facebook got, you know, another lift. But, you know, uh, Facebook really did help me. But I think what the biggest help has been Instagram. Um, I think it was just easier for me to manage as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that nit bit of like a photo or a video and then a little bit of text. I'm not a big writer. I, I'm not lo- a lover of writer at all. So that's why I like the visual. I'm a more of a visual person. So I think Instagram, really, like the visual, yeah. The, yeah. So Instagram was something that jived with me. I don't have the time. Yeah, it's the time factor. And so it's been something I've been able to be consistent with. And I would say, I don't know how many years it's been, but I was a little late to the party, actually. I know some of you were on it before me, but I was always there. I did... who remembers Twitter? Of course, we all know what Twitter is, but we associate Twitter more yeah. with political or when people are arguing mm-hmm. with each other, right? Mm-hmm. I did Twitter for a while. I remember doing Twitter parties with some mums and things like that. That was really cool. But then kind of the trend went away from Twitter and I'm not on Twitter at all then. And then there was Pinterest. I love Pinterest. But I use Pinterest just like you guys to see how I want to do my kitchen or my living room yeah. when I want to aspire, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. But I think Instagram, I think all of us, all three of us have found the common ground with Instagram and it's obviously been able to meet great people just as yourself. So I think it's been a win-win situation for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Did you kind of, was it kind of an accident? Like mine was, my Instagram was kind of an accident. I didn't actually really 
intend it to be what it is now. I didn't know it was going to be what it is now. Really? So what was your intent at the beginning of it, just to be you? Well, I guess I... I guess I didn't, well, I didn't even know what it was. I just thought, oh, I better do this because I'm opening a studio and, oh, there's this new thing called Instagram, so I'm going to try it. <laughs> but I didn't know what it was going to lead to. And I had heard well, I that you needed to be on three different platforms, like Facebook, Instagram, and something else. I had heard that a few years ago. Yeah, I think it is. Mm-hmm. I honestly believe that you, you do need to be on a bunch of platforms to cross-promote. Mm-hmm. Um, like the platforms that I probably on most, obviously, is Facebook, Instagram. YouTube is a great platform, and I wish that I would focus and dedicate more to it. But that is, that is a social media that if you was in it, Many, many years ago, you probably would be set and being consistent on it. Now it's mm-hmm. a little bit harder to break into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for people like us, for fitness or how to do or, uh, you know, like uh, inspiration kind of videos, how to do videos, I think it's a great place to be because you can cross out with your different channels. But then you'll see people who are huge on YouTube but have very little on Instagram. So I think that my opinion is, and, you know, people will differ, I think you need to try and dominate at least one social media and then dabble into the others to help cross-promote. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are really dominating all three platforms, mm-hmm. but there's no way being a mom just like you guys trying to do it no. all ourselves and be an entrepreneur. It's just no way. Can you imagine the content that would be needed for that? Three platforms. Our, our, our site manager so is always on Corinne and I. You guys have not posted to Facebook in three weeks. You guys have not posted to um, YouTube in three months. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It only takes seconds to do, but we just don't do it. It's hard. It's just another it's thing, another isn't thing. it? It's another, another thing, thing to, you have to add to your to-do too. list. <laughs> and do you, do, you have, um, do you have a little team behind you, Tracy, or is this something you all do, you do by yourself? Well, with... Um, Yes, I do. I have like, obviously, because I have Booty Bar, which is um, a teacher training program. It's 11 years old now. So, and that obviously has changed so much over the years. It's, It's crazy. And then with COVID, it changed again. And so it's been pivoting around. Um, But yeah, I do have someone to handle, help me handle that because there's just no way I would be able to handle that on my own. And then they help me with with some of the social media. Um, I'm trying to get better at um, CRM, like emails going out. That Mm -hmm. is another area that's really important with with your content creation because it's pointless Um, doing so much content creation if you're not really pushing it out in all your different channels which means social media Mm -hmm. but also means your your emails and collecting emails that is something that I I've dabbled in it and I do do it I could be better and it's something that that's a big focus on me right now is Mm -hmm. is being more consistent with reaching out via email I know, and you know, I get so many emails every single day that I'm like, why does anybody want another email from me? But if there are people out there that are on your platform or that you really want them to be on your platform, reaching out and they get like a little email, like, how are you? How are you feeling? It goes a long way, especially in the world that we're living in right now. It, it, it People really take that to heart. So I think doing emails, I think is a big part of it. But the content creation is super duper 
super hard. It is very draining. Um, I try and do like one day of filming and try and like, you know, and have a lot so that I can post out. But then sometimes I don't have any. And then I'm every day I'm like, oh, I've got a post today. I better shoot something, you know, we're all the <laughs> same. So I think the content creation is the most challenging to be organized in that. And I would suggest for people out there is picking a day that you can do, even if it's every other week and try and do as many as you can in a day, but keep changing your outfits. Cause if you have the same outfit on, people understand that you, you just did it in one day. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I get lazy and I do do that. <laughs> But um, you always have these really different backdrops in every t- every place that you do. Are these all in your house? Are these at your studio? That's a great question to ask because obviously with COVID came along and I have a Pilates studio. My Pilates studio, luckily last year, in the end of last year, I had two different separate, we had three units. One unit was for physical therapy because my husband is a doctor of rehab. So I've had a physical therapy clinic for 21 years, actually. Most people don't know that, but we have a rehab clinic. And then we had two units that were for Pilates. And then the other unit was for bar and TRX and da-da-da for group classes. And towards the end of last year, um, it was, it's been 22 years I've had a studio and I was starting to do more online, obviously. And I just wanted, I didn't want the... I didn't want to run a huge studio anymore. It was just something I've been doing for a long time and I was just ready to move. And it's just really bizarre that I did that. Thank God I did that because I got rid of a unit, you know, basically like two months before COVID hit. Wow. So that was a saving grace for me. So I got rid of that unit and I condensed everything into two units. So we have our physical therapy, I have my other unit, which has all my, kind of like what you've got there, you know, Corinne, I've got all my... um, Tiffany, sorry. Mm -hmm. I've got all my reformers. I've got my TRX and I have a bar. Mm -hmm. So I had that. Mm -hmm. Then COVID hit. And my studio is not conducive for for filming because I have mirrors everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. I have this door and it looked ugly. And I was like, but... I have to film now, obviously. And like I'm filming and I'm seeing all these cute sets, especially yours, Tiffany, with your cute little backgrounds. And I'm like, mine looks like crap. So I was like, okay. So I made my studio at the end. I put that nice white wall up. I got rid of all the rubbish at the Mm -hmm. back and it looks very just plain and cute. And then the other wall, I was like, oh, I'm going to go searching for some silver, like retro tiles. So I put another wall at the back and put them tiles up. And it's funny because my clients come in, obviously they follow me on social media or they might be on my app and they go, wow, you think you're in this huge ass studio. (laughs) And then I come in here and it's like so tiny. And I'm like, yeah, people see smoke and mirrors. People think it's like this big, like 40 square foot, like, you know, huge place. And Mm -hmm. it's just tiny. Just use your wide angle lens to make it look bigger. And then obviously I film from home and then I have amazing affluent clients, thankfully, who have got these big houses that I go and shoot in their homes. It's not my house. And so I've been lucky because I think, honestly, people like to see different backgrounds, don't you think? I think people yeah. like to envision them themselves in with palm trees in the mm-hmm. back. You know, I live in California, so that's, oh, that's lovely. positive. You are, I'm, I'm you. always envious. I'm always envious of your backdrops oh, and your bikini shots oh, and the sunshine whilst I'm sat here in the rain. <laughs> that's why well, you know, I'm my backdrop here. right there. 
I act their curtains yeah. because all I have to do is hook on a different one and some I have a brick wall backdrop and all I do is hang it over the curtains. So that's what I wanted to ask you because yeah. you've been a very amazing inspiration for me. I have to say, if I'm being honest, I kept seeing your lovely backdrops. It's just and then a I had curtain. like a but it looks so great. I love the wall backdrop. Hey, it looks I'll like send a you real the link. wall. It's literally just a fabric curtain that looks like a white brick wall. And I hang it over the sparkly curtains and I clip it on with those clips, tighten it up. And you can't even tell. Even my clients are like, where are you filming from? I'm like, right here. <laughs> they just don't are see the brick wall. <laughs> And it looks so amazing. Like, it really does. You would think you like being transported into another home, you know? Um, I think it looks great. People would but never have known. I, that's what you've done, That's too. what I did, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the, I mean, it's real, yeah. I suppose. But I think if I could have had a share in those tiles. you know how many people ask me where did I get those tiles from? A lot. <laughs> I was yeah. like, yes. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Those big, those silver ones, they look amazing, like the 3D ones. Yeah, and you know what's so funny? Like, when I was, like, when I was obviously little little girl in the 70s I have a picture of me and my dad putting up some tiles just like that but bronze like goldy bronze because that was very 70s mm -hmm. and there's a picture of me and him putting a tile up exactly the same but in a different color so Aww. I think it's me going back to the 70s and 80s How you know cute. I love that era especially being in the UK you know the 80s is a very disco dancing time you know so it reminds me of all that absolutely well, speaking of taking us back to the UK um, take us back. Do you have a background in dance? And just kind of take us through a timeline of the beginning, tr little Tracy, to now you live in the United States and you have multiple businesses. You definitely are an entrepreneur because when I was Googling you, you have so many different fitness platforms, I feel like. So kind of take well. us through all that. Well, yes, I am English. I moved out to LA in 1996 but prior to that I started dancing when I was three my mom took me to dance class I, I danced I did ISTD and RAD ballet when for a little as a little child I did disco dancing like I said my claim to fame is I laugh about this this is just a laugh I was a seven up disco champion <laughs> Oh my gosh. That was so funny. Where yeah. are you? But no, it's just... That I, is a claim to fame. It is a claim to fame. I just laugh about it because I used to go to Blackpool and we go and do all the dancing. We wear all the, all the sparkly, you know, unitards with the tassels. Yes. It was just such a fun time in my life that, yeah, so... Of course, I did the modern dance. I, I just was a dancer, and I, I was from a small town in the Midlands, West Midlands. It's very the black country. They, um, I was I was actually born in Bloxwich, which is near Willinghall, which is near Wolverhampton. Everybody knows the Wolves. I'm a big football fan, mm -hmm. soccer fan. So I'm in that area there. Um, from a very working class environment, um, my mom had me very young. She, <laughs> she was very young, and uh, but she went on to better herself and got her master's in business. And she's been a very successful business lady, even though I, I came at a very young age. And um, but my dad, um, 
you know, wonderful man, just very happy with a simplistic in life. He's never drove a car in his life and he's always wow. takes his bush bike to work every day. So I come from a very simplistic life, <laughs> which actually is probably the reason why I'm so crazy. So um, as, a, <laughs> as an entrepreneur, because I wanted to prove that I could do it from a small town, that mm-hmm. people write us off, that we can't do anything in life. And yeah, you can. And so um, dance to me was my, I think it was my go-to ticket or go-to pass to, to, to go do something with myself. It was a talent that I had. So I went to theatre art school. I went to the fame school, Italia Conti, and I know the Brits who, who are... Oh, Tracy. <laughs> that, when I read that on your, on your bio that you went to Italia Conti, I was like, <gasps> she went to Italia Conti! Like, this is a huge school in England. If you want to be a dancer, if you want to be a musical theatre, you go to somewhere like Italia Conti. And I wanted to go and... I never actually auditioned there, but, um, yeah, it's, know it well. It was one of those... And you remember when Amazing. fame... Fame! I'm gonna live... It oh, was yeah. that era. And we'd run through <laughs> yeah. London at the Barbican singing fame, you know? <laughs> I mean, it was just that era. With your leg warmers yes. on. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I moved. I was 16... And I mean, I look at my 17-year-old now, there's just no way you would send your 16-year-old, or maybe you would, from the middle of, you know, Birmingham, Wolverhampton to London. And I let, my mom let me go at 16. I stayed with my good girlfriends and we were in like a house. We rented like an apartment, not an apartment. We rented a house inside of someone's, a little room inside someone's house. But anyway, I went there at age 16, graduated at 19. That's a big deal at that age. It was. I mean, and that's why I, I, we were brought up in a different era too. We were brought up to be a lot more um, resilient, I think, you know, and I think that's, Looking back now, I, I, you know, as parents, I hope that I've tried to instill good work ethic, even though they've never really wanted for anything. I've tried to be, uh, give them that work ethic that we've had to have. Like nothing's been given to us on a play. I've, I had to fight for everything I got, you know. Mm-hmm. We didn't, I didn't come from money. My parents had no money. I just had a talent to be able to dance, be able to move. And that was my, mm-hmm. that was my thing, you know. But, you know, our ge- next generation have it a little bit easier. So I'm hoping that uh, we can instill those values in my, in my kids, which I, I hope I have done. But, yeah, so going to London, it was great. And then I basically, you know, did a lot of theatre in the UK, travelled and doing musical theatre and then also doing, like, some TV stuff, some little tiny little parts and then uh, I think I was 2020, I got a contract in Greece. So I went to Greece for a few months, which was fun. Come home. And then my girlfriend said, you know what? I've just come back off a cruise ship. You should go. I was like, oh, no, that's, that's a bit beneath me. I'm not going to go on a cruise ship. I should be, you know, being on a stage, you know. <laughs> she says, oh, no, you'll have a great time. So I thought, okay, well, might as well. It's better than being in cold, rainy London, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't want to be in London anymore. (laughs) So I I took the audition and it was for, it was called Jean and Ryan Productions, quite famous for cruise lines then. And uh, it was based in Fort Lauderdale. I got the job. I, I flew out to Fort Lauderdale. There was only one Brit, which was me in the cast. The rest was American. Then my best friend who we put together was from New Zealand. There was me and her. 
And uh, it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life to go cruising and to do Grease the Musical, to do a West, like a West, you know, a Broadway review show. And there was 30 of us in the cast. I was like on a stage. I was like, this is great. I was like a little mini celebrity on the ship. Who wouldn't want that at the age of 21, please, right? right? Mm -hmm. So that was like kind of like how, yeah. And from then I did that. I met my husband there actually believe it or not. He was a scuba diver. Is he an American? Yes, he's American, and that's where I met him. And we worked on there for a while together. We did, I, did, I worked off and on for cruise ships for about three years. And then, we, and then we got engaged, and then I was like, okay, I'm coming to California. I was like, yeah, I'm coming to California. <laughs> and, that's how I moved, and that's why I moved to California in 1996, really. And so, yeah, it sounds like you've been there for a long time because you've got... Um, a real oh, mixture my voice is of an awful. accent. It's not at all. It's really cute. It's kind of I keep hearing little bits of <laughs> British in there oh, just coming through. <laughs> See, and all I hear is British. It's interesting. Like when Corinne and I, when I'm there in London, and we went, we had um, we had a lunch with Sean Marshall, Judy, and Catherine, and Jill Harris. And they all have yeah. different accents, and they're all explaining to me the difference. And then the waitress <laughs> walked up, and then they're like, they're like talking to the waitress. They're explaining to me the accent of the waitress. You know, <laughs> like you guys all sound the same <laughs> to me. Yeah. No, we can hear the different dialects. <laughs> the dialect, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that though. I love everyone's different accent. I think it's. It makes us unique, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Well, when, actually, if Anisha say about dialects, like, obviously, I'm from the black country, and, you know, it's, it was quite a strong accent. So when I moved to London at 16, mm-hmm. they said to me, we, we love you, but you, you need to get rid of your accent. So I had to take, oh. like, two years of elocution <laughs> lessons to lose it. I had to really lost it, really, but traveling, I... I I don't know what my accent is now. I think when, it, when if I start talking to you, I will start sounding like you. Mm-hmm. But if I'm I'm not American, I'm just I don't know multi multi marketable. That's what I say. I am where <laughs> you want me to come from. <laughs> Wherever you want me to be. <laughs> uh, if you want me to be a Brit, I'm a Brit because I technically am. If you want me to be American, I'm American. I'm dual. So there you go. I don't yeah. know. Sometimes people think I'm Australian. I'm like no. You know, it does. It, it actually does sound a little Australian I can hear too. That. But so, all right. So then you're, so you've moved to California. When does Pilates come in? Well, I actually, and I I talk about this a lot because it's kind of like the basis of of booty bar. When I was 16, went into a class called dance conditioning, Mm -hmm. loved this class. And the only reason why I loved it was because my inner thighs were, were dying and I have very athletic thighs and I was a dancer. I didn't want athletic thighs. I wanted Little legs. I was a dancer, right? So I love this class. And you walk in, you're half on the bar. There. You're half on the floor. There. What was I doing? I was mm-hmm. doing Pilates. And I didn't know that I was doing Pilates. And on the bar, my dance teacher, she was a big Lottie Burke fan and did a lot of Lottie Burke in London. And she brought that into a class. So it was called dance conditioning, but it was a very bar-esque class. And the floor was was Pilates mixed with a lot of like Martha Graham technique, mm-hmm. jazz, that kind of stuff. So it was kind of like what I was introduced mm-hmm. to 
going into college in this class and I could never believe it molded me for what my future would be mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. I realized that I was doing Pilates and that was like I have to do Pilates started doing Pilates in London at that time just as a just practicing not not as a, a teacher I, and then I went and did my uh, exercise to aerobic for the YMCA in London. I took the exercise to music certification there and I took my AFA certification in England to teach fitness. So I did that on the side while I was auditioning for theatre in London. And I would teach group fitness and I would teach like, you know, dance fitness. And then I would add some of these exercises that I learned. Of course, it was Pilates exercises, but I'd never really done any formal training. And I would add them into my class. And people go, oh, I really like your class. It's a little different. It's a little little bit more fusion. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was only eight. I was 18, 19. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I moved out to the US in uh, 96. Prior to that, I was just taking classes in London. I took some at Pineapple, um, Pilates. And then I moved out here in 96. And I was like, you know, I need to get some formal training here to teach Pilates. And I worked a lot with uh, Polestar at the time, um, with... Um, with uh, Oh my gosh, now I'm going to Brent, of course, Brent Anderson, love him. And did, uh, they started doing their course, Polestar. And then I did um, the, what was the, what was the other one I did? I did so many at that time. I worked obviously with Kathy Corey. I love Kathy Corey, she's so amazing. She was a big inspiration for me because I just love how she fuses the different, you know, her methodology with it and mm-hmm. her you know, her small barrel, her spine corrector work is like ultimately amazing. I did some work with Ron Fletcher and I had the pleasure of working with him. It was so amazing. I love his towel workout Mm -hmm. and I loved how he was always, his percussion breathing was always so powerful, but it was so amazing to work with him. And then I did, then I basically, my friend said, you should go and work with Rael because he's very much into like athletic and he's totally, you know, you're up your alley. So I went and took one of his classes, of course, fell in love with him. He's very easy to fall in love with, Rael. He's a very dynamic teacher. And what I love about him is his athletic flow and how it's very scientific. In other words, like there's always a method behind what he's talking about. There's always a science behind all the exercises. For me, I because I come from that dance orientation, I did it because it felt good on my body, but I didn't truly understand why it felt good on my body. And that Mm -hmm. bothered me. I was like, I need to understand more about how the body works. And I think going to working with him and then having a husband that I put through med school to go to um, do his doctorate in physical therapy, I realized that I wanted to understand the why behind the movement. And so going, you know, meeting Rael and working with him, which was 20, God, so many years ago, um, was the turning point in my in my life with Pilates because it gave me more of a purpose, I think. Um, Brent Anderson is such an amazing instructor for his, because he's a, 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 obviously a physical therapist, 
my husband actually did his training too. And then he also did Bassey too, because he's a physical mm-hmm. therapist. So I wanted him to go through the trainings too. And believe it or not, we were the first, actually we were the second studio in Los Angeles to open up with Pilates and rehab. Wow. Because no one was no one was doing physical therapy and Pilates at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it enabled us as entrepreneurs to open up a Pilates studio with physical therapy. So people would come to us for physical therapy because we had Pilates, because it was something mm-hmm. new. Mm-hmm. It was the time when no one knew what Pilates was. What's Pilates? Yeah. And and yeah. then Windsor Pilates. <laughs> yeah. When Windsor Pilates came out, that was the best thing. Love Mary Windsor, of course, dear friend. Yeah. And uh, she turned it around for us, basically, because people were like, I want to come and do this Pilates. And that's how we started up our studio, was the rehab gotcha. part of it. But I also wanted so, to... so your studio came first? Yeah. You've done, you've done so many things, Tracy. Oh, I don't know. I'm going off you... on tangents here. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I... No, actually, I didn't. When I moved here in 96, I auditioned <laughs> for a fitness TV show. Okay? So in 96, I moved out here. I did start training, working with Royale at that time. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. But then I also auditioned for Fox Fit TV. For the first time, they were putting Pilates on a video. I was part of that collaboration to bring Pilates on a video. It was with The Method, Joan Bryhard. She had The Method, the Physical mm-hmm. Mind Institute. I actually did mm-hmm. that certification too. So oh my yeah, gosh, so many. Done I can't wow. really, I can't really remember it so all. Much. But yeah, but she was part of the method. Mm-hmm. They bought this is '96. Mm-hmm. They bought the method on video, VHS video. My first video was on VHS video. <laughs> so what they did was they auditioned a bunch of people that could teach Pilates, that could teach cardio kickboxing. It was kind of around Taibo mm-hmm. time. We all know mm-hmm. Taibo. I remember him, yeah. And yeah, and it was, you, I could dance. So I could be, I was like a jack of all trades, but master of none, basically. That's why I felt. So I auditioned, got the job, and then they put, like Jennifer Kreese was like the, really the first person they put on video in Pilates. And I really was doing fusion, which is what I do anyway, right? So Mm -hmm. that's basically, 96 was the first time they actually fused disciplines together where it was okay to do Mm -hmm. ballet boot camp. It was okay to do ballet Pilates. Mm -hmm. People like, what is she doing? She's bastardizing, you know, she's like ruining Pilates. And I was like, (laughs) no, I mean, I got a lot of stick for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was- We we get sick for that all the time, don't worry. I don't really care anymore. (laughs) No, I don't really. No, exactly. I don't really, because I think we know the root of it. And as long as we teach where the root comes from, there's Mm -hmm. no reason why we cannot evolve. As long as it's done with with intent, there's nothing wrong with it. Right? And and that's like with bar itself, bar itself, you know, um, I thought people would be like, I don't call my bar training Pilates. I call it, it's based on Pilates. It's the foundation of Pilates. Pilates is the foundation to fitness, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And we forget that because of the biomechanics of it. Um, But yeah, I know. So I think I had the opportunity to be at the, in an industry, and a lot of people don't know that, which is, I'm really happy that people will find that out. 
I was at the mm-hmm. beginning of the fusion of fitness. So that's mm-hmm. where my life has always been. Even though I do class myself, I am a Pilates instructor. Mm-hmm. I've trained, I've taught it for a long time. I can teach classical contemporary. I've gone through all the accreditations. I can teach true Pilates, but I can also fuse too. And there is mm-hmm. nothing wrong with doing both because I have the experience, I've earned it. And there's no reason as long as people know what where it comes from. That's okay. all I say. And Joseph Pilates evolved himself. Like when you look at the different training programs that are out there, there's some programs that inhale and exhale at different times. I think it depends. He changed his craft as he evolved too. So he was constantly evolving, constantly changing. You know, I I think he would use a BOSU if he had a BOSU at that time, you know, absolutely. he didn't have a BOSU, you know, Mm -hmm. I really, I hate the leather straps, but a lot of these like purist classical uh, teachers believe you need to use a reformer that was just like his, but I believe, I hate those leather straps on the reformer. Me too. But I think I use if he was alive in 2021, he would be using a more contemporary reformer because as he, I mean, Absolutely. technology evolves, he it. evolved, you know. No, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I think it's freedom of expression. And I think we should be able to express how we feel as long as it's done safely. And we have the knowledge behind us to back up why we are doing a movement like this, you're fine. If you can't back it up, which obviously can be an issue Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. now when you see Circus Pilates Pilates. on Instagram. (laughs) I call it Circus Pilates. True. Um, Can they back it up? Can they actually teach that in a class? Is that practical to be able to teach in a class? Mm -hmm. Maybe not. If it is, then it's okay. But if it's not practical... Yeah. We might be able to do that lovely exercise to get the likes for Instagram, but yeah. truly, is that exercise really practical when you're teaching five, six people on a reformer? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, agree, agree. Most of them aren't. <laughs> hey guys, if you want to hear more of Tracy Mallet's story, check out part two.